Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up and welcome back to IG2G, everybody! You thought IG2G would never come back, but here we are. It's episode 69. Oh, Whoa. man. And it's me and it's Eric, and we're talking about releases and we're talking about topics. Oh, shit. This is the part where Danny says we run too long. Here we go, IG2G, go! Go! Number five. First up on the releases this week, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. It's a re-release of a game I've already talked about. You know I love to cheat and do that kind of thing. Plus, it's a game that I also played myself already, live at twitch.tv slash me. It's the Untitled Goose Game, which came out for PS4 and Xbox One on the 17th of December. Developed by House House, published by Panic. This game is ridiculous fun. Everybody knows about it already, but in case you didn't, hey, look. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and you're a goose who's there to screw it all up for everybody. It, it's, it, I mean, it is It is a simple premise. It sounds simple, and it sounds silly, and it sounds kind of dopey and kind of dumb, and maybe it is, really, when you boil it down, but it's just so much fun when you actually play it. Like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, ha-ha, that's cool, but when you're playing it, and you are just being a doofus, being a goose, and just driving these people nuts, or or they're bugging you and you're just honking at them and trying to screw them over. Like you get lists of things to do, but it's so much fun, you know, like, Oh, make the gardener wear his hat or steal his keys or do this like specific things to do. But then it's also so much fun to still go around and do all these extraneous things. Like if say the gardener is really pissing you off and like you stole his keys. Sure. But then it's so much fun to steal everything of his like there's there's a guy who you know you, you can steal like his 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 pipe and his hat and his slippers and you only have to do like one or two of those but it's once he bugs you enough from you bugging him enough you're like all right screw this guy i'm taking all his stuff and i'm putting it all in the river or i'm throwing it all in this side of the yard i'm gonna i'm gonna take his teacup and i'm gonna drop it and it's gonna break screw you buddy but it's not <laughs> But it's not, I mean, it, it is. You can hear the laughter in my voice. It's not really a malicious game. Like, you're doing all this horrible stuff, but it is, It's. I mean, it's all slapstick. It's all lighthearted. I did feel bad being so evil sometimes, admittedly, and I've said that before. But there's nothing, like, bad in this game. It's just a fun, innocent, goof-around game. Like, you just you just go and you, you ruin people's days, but it doesn't matter because you're not a person. You're just a goose. You're just this this horrible goose ruining everyone's days and having a blast and flapping your wings and honking and just doing just doing crazy stuff. It's just like a little like mayhem simulator. And it's just fun and I don't know. I keep saying there's nothing malicious about it. And there kind of is because of the things you do. But at the same time, it's just like innocent fun. It's just... I don't know, it's just good-hearted fun, and it's silly, and it's goofy, and I love it. It's the Untitled Goose Game. You should go pick it up, or you should watch my broadcast, twitch.tv slash me or archived at youtube.com slash dogfunky. Go check it out. It's the Untitled Goose Game. Number four. My first game, getting back into the swing of things, is for the Nintendo Switch. It came out December 23rd, 2019, published by Jandosoft and developed by Vox. This is called Regions of Ruin. And yes, it did come out in 2018 on Steam, I believe, but 
we're talking about it now because it's for the Switch. And everybody knows that everything is better when it's on the Switch. So what is a game? Let me tell you just a smidge bit about it. You are a dwarf. These dwarves, they hid out in their caves for a long, long time. Coming back up, finding out that the humans are gone, all the other baddies and people are gone. Only goblins, lich, etc., etc. roam the land. They've taken it over. They see the dwarves are out. They go and beat up the dwarves, take everything from them, enslave them, make them hide, etc. And now you are the hero dwarf that wants to reunite your people and bring them all back together. To do so, you set about making a town, building a town. Yes, you will gather resources, etc., etc. to build said town. You will find new dwarves on your adventures to bring to said town to help you with this town. What you do is you go into an overarching map, world map. It'll have these different points. You click on them. You'll go into this awesome 8-bit 2D adventure. RPG adventure where you'll go through and you'll find treasure chests, swiping, equipping different weapons, axes, swords, you know, you name it. It's got shields. All of this can be upgraded. You got the whites, greens, blues, all those rarities like you'd see in most of your other RPGs these days. You've got skill trees to differentiate your fighting style to what you prefer. And with that, you go in here, as I said, exploring, finding equipment, finding resources. To make yourself stronger, bigger, better, so you can open up the world map further, go to different places. All of these levels, like I said, are 8-bit 2D, handcrafted, no procedurally generated levels here. So everything is the way the developer wanted it. And with that being said, the rest you can kind of gather. You want to go ahead, get those materials, find those lost dwarves, bring them to the town, build the town up to make bigger things, make better things, have better resources, get your skill trees up, get your HP up, all of that to unite the entire kingdom and get the dwarves, their homes back, and to conquer the world. Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Conquer the world. So this whole cool, really neat 8-bit strategy RPG type game sounds something up your lane. Hey, Regions of Ruin, go check it out. Number three. Next up on the releases this week, we got a game from one of my very favorite game developers. That's Keita Takahashi. And if you don't know who he is, he's the man that brought us Katamari Damashi, one of my personal heroes, one of the greatest men who's ever lived, not quite as good as me. But anyway, his latest game, Wadham, it's out now. It dropped on the 17th of December for PS4 and Windows. And this is, I don't know how to describe this game. I don't know how to describe it. It's a cute... I mean, think of Katamari Damacy. Think of the graphic style. It's cute. Everything's kind of blocky and just like adorable and cute. That's Wadham. And it's... It, the, the, the impression it gives me is like of a children's toy box. Like if you're playing and you got all these like crazy items like hey here's a phone here's a here's a cube here's a set of blocks here's a rubber chicken or whatever and you're playing with like a little kid and they're like oh man rubber chickens mr mayor and he knows all about this and blah, 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 blah. you make up these weird little stories that kind of is the the theme of wadham wadham is all about you are one of these characters you're the mayor you're a blocky dude with a hat on and it's your job to bring all your friends back to this lonely world like you start off it's like dark there's not much going on, and you're just like, where is everybody? So via simple puzzle challenges or like simple interactions with other characters, you bring all these other wacky characters like this guy's a ball, this guy's a poop, this guy's a toilet, that guy's a tree, this guy's a big bowling pin, that guy's a big bowling ball. 
you you perform like actions or tasks for these other characters and it brings more characters into the world and you can play as all these characters they've all got you know different not different abilities but they've all got different themes to them they're like i said this character's this this character's that and it's just all about togetherness and fun and having a cute fun time and bringing more friends into the space so it's it's another game all about connection this year, but it's not quite as scary as Death Stranding. No, it's bottom, and it's just it's just cute. If you like Katamari Damacy, if you liked, I would say something like Donut County, because that wasn't really puzzle based. There was there were very small puzzle elements in there, but it was a, about having a cute, fun time for just a few hours. In the case of Donut County, bottom is that it's it's a two to three, maybe four hour game where you just you just have a fun time with these cute characters interacting in fun and cute ways. And maybe me, Mr. Mr. Hard Boiled, I I like all the, all the dark stuff. Maybe it sounds weird coming from me, but if you watch this game, if you watch some clips of this game, you're going to know what it's about and you're going to know whether it's for you or not. And before I, went into the review thing and did the research for it. I wasn't sure Wadham was for me because I just saw, you know, still images of it. I saw, you know, screenshots. But if you watch it, if you watch a video of it, it's so adorable. Like all the characters are so cute. The The sounds they make are cute. Their little voices are super cute. Seeing them all smiling and jumping around and having a good time, it's cute. The music is awesome. Think Katamari Damacy levels of music. It's super cute. It's super awesome. It just looks like a fun, lighthearted, cute. I'm going to say cute. This is this is my Shenmue of of this releases. When I said Shenmue a million times, this time I'm going to say cute a million times. It just looks like a cute, fun, lighthearted, uplifting little adventure about making friends, make you know, bringing friends back to this weird little like toy box world. You know, meeting new friends doing stuff to help them that brings more friends into the world. And then you can all like, there's a mechanic in the game where you can join hands with these characters and make rings and jump around and dance and have fun. This game's all about fun and cuteness and innocence and just a, just a happy go lucky air about it. I'm I'm telling you, watch a video review of it, watch some clips of it. You'll know whether it's for you or not. I think it's for me just because you got to have a lot of cute in this world. And it's nice it's nice to have something that's just there to make you smile. Don't suffer with all this dark media and all these crazy games where you're shooting people. Play a game where you make friends with a big colored poop man and you put him in the toilet guy and then the toilet guy is happy and then the poop is like shiny because he just went through the water and he's happy and there's a tree and he's happy and you are the sun and you can move the sun around in the sky and he's happy and everybody's freaking happy. Be happy. Play Wadham. Number two. We're all familiar with this next title because it's been going on for many, 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 many years. It was released December 10th, 2019 for all the different platforms. Published by Yacht Club Games, developed by Yacht Club Games. It is Shovel Knight King of Cards. This is the fourth entry in the Shovel Knight series. I think it's the last. I'm not sure. Well, not maybe not last forever, but in the Kickstarter hole, Shigamaru, whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyways, if you're unfamiliar with these titles, they are inspired by the old-school 8-bit games like Mega Man. They're 2D side-scrollers, in which case you take part as one of the knights, first one being the Shovel Knight, and you go on a grand adventure to save the day doing whatever. This one 
is, as I said, King of Carnage. You are King Knight. He isn't actually a king, but he wants to become a real king. He hears about this crazy cool new card game. Yes, everybody, there is a card game in this particular title. I hear it's reminiscent of the Triple Triad from Final Fantasy VIII, but I don't know. I have not played it. Woefully, this is a series that I wish I had played, but I have not. Anyways, you are, once again, King Knight. You want to be a real king, so you go into this tournament who promises if you win, you're going to become a king of the Joustus, all that good stuff. So you drop everything you're doing, and you go on this adventure to collect minions or subjects, whatever you want to call them, gather your strength, win a bunch of different really cool cards so you can be bigger and better people in the game of Joustus, and then become said king. So you jump around, you twirl, you shoulder bash, these are his king, you know, king knight's abilities. You use these particular abilities, and if you don't know in Shovel Knight, every knight has like a particular set of skills, in which case you move around and maneuver throughout the 2D old school level. And this one, you twirl and you shoulder bash. You have to combine them to traverse and get around in the world. The scale of difficulty in this one is said to be easier than the previous two before it. So if you want to kind of get in on everything and just get a feel for what Shovel Knight's all about, this is probably a really good starting ground. And since this one and the other two, previous two, were prequels to Shovel Knight the original, you can get in the story before you see what Shovel Knight did at the very end and how everybody got to be where they were. So it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. It's a whole immersive story, all based around the first one. So, hey, what else have you got to do? It isn't very expensive. It goes back to the old school, 8-bit style gameplay, 2D adventure, something we're going to talk about more later. Why not pick it up? Why not have some fun with it and see if it tickles your fancy? And who knows, maybe you'll get good at the card game and become a king yourself. Probably not, but maybe you will. Who knows? Number one. Now, last up on the releases this week, hey, it's a re-release, but it's one that I haven't talked about because this is a re-release of a quite old game. All of its previous re-releases came before Third Shift was even a thing. Can you imagine? Can you believe that the world existed without Third Shift? I know I can't, but Jamestown remembers. Oh, man, that's like Pepperidge Farm remembers thing. Remember that from Family Guy? Woohoo! Anyway... <laughs> The last release this week, it's Jamestown Plus, developed and published by Final Form Games, which dropped for the Nintendo Switch on December 12th of 2019. And if you don't know what Jamestown is, man, you got to play Jamestown. It is a super unique, like historical, futuristic, cyberpunk, but not really story-driven shoot-em-up. And it's just, I'm not a shoot-em-up guy. But something about this really ticks all the boxes for me. It really rings all my bells. Uh, now, I'm terrible at it. Like, I played it on my PC when it originally released back in 2011, and I got my ass kicked. And also, my PC kind of chugged when I tried to play it, so I played it a little bit, and then I stopped. But when you watch when you watch this game in action, I guarantee you're going to fall in love with it. If you like pixel art styles, if you like that like Neo Geo kind of look, you're really going to love it. If you love amazing soundtracks you're really gonna love it if i mean if you don't like shoot 'em ups okay you're not gonna love it if you don't like shoot 'em ups but you're gonna like watching it because this game looks amazing and it looks even better here on the re-release it's been out on the playstation 4 now it's been ported to the switch all the pixel art visuals are super high res and super clean 
I, I mentioned the Neo Geo look before. If you like the look of stuff like Metal Slug, where everything's kind of bouncy and it's thick and chunky, but not the pixels, but the items themselves, you're going to love the look of Jamestown. If you watch some video of this in action, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It looks absolutely outstanding. I won't say like nothing else, but unlike a lot of things in the shoot 'em up territory, and speaking of things unlike a lot of shoot 'em ups, the soundtrack to this game is amazing. Fully orchestrated. Like some of these things, if you, if you watch it, if you do your research like I did in getting ready for the releases here and you watch some video reviews and you watch some gameplay of it and you close your eyes and you like forget that you're hearing sounds like pew, pew, pew and shoo, shoo, shoo. You will think that somebody's playing Final Fantasy Tactics in the background. The music is that gosh darn good. It is just, it's absolutely fantastic. It's something you wouldn't think you'd hear in a shoot 'em up. Like most shoot 'em ups, like Rockin' or like Electro, right? I'm not a big shoot 'em up guy, you tell me. But hearing this awesome orchestral soundtrack with these amazingly crisp and beautiful pixel art visuals. And then to know that it also, I haven't gotten to this point yet, but it's this weird, like, historical, futuristic kind of weird story. Like, it takes place in the 1600s, but instead of, like, British and Spanish wars in the colonies or, you know, colonialism, it's it's like they're going to Mars to do all that stuff. And so you're flying a spaceship and you're doing shoot 'em uppy stuff and there's aliens and all kinds of weird stuff. There's nothing else like Jamestown. You owe it to yourself to play it. Maybe not... You know, you don't have to play the Jamestown Plus version on your Switch, even though that's the release right now. Go back and get it on PC for super cheap on a Steam sale. You're going to love it. As far as the the gameplay mechanics, it's a shoot 'em up. You have a you have you do have a little unique mechanic here in that a lot of the enemies, like the bigger enemies, will drop a bunch of gold. So you got to get a risk reward system of going for the gold. You got to get that gold because not only is that how you buy upgrades, you know, between the levels to upgrade your ship, to upgrade your weapons, to unlock new ships. That's also what charges up your vaunt mode, and that's the that's the kind of well. I was going to say the special attack. That's the special ability you have in this game where you get enough gold, it charges up the meter, you enter vaunt mode, that gives you a big old shield, and then it also gives you increased firepower and, I believe, a score multiplier because it's all about score, you know. But each of the ships also have secondary fires. So on top of vaunt mode, not only can you do that, but you can switch between the cool fires of your ship. Like I think the basic one has a big old spread shot, and then its secondary fire is a big old powerful concentrated laser, good for boss fights, etc. So it's a lot of clearing out the base enemies, using your secondary ultra fire on the bigger enemies, and then when they pop, going and getting that gold, because you got to get that gold, getting your vaunt mode up, so when stuff goes crazy bullet hell madness, like... <laughs> I've seen some scenes in this game, not even boss fights, where it's just bullets everywhere. If you don't have that vaunt mode, you're going to be toast. But you won't really be toast because your ship can take at least three hits, I believe. And then you got two credits and two continues. So you can make it a pretty far way here in in Jamestown without being an expert at at shoot-em-ups. Now, tying that in, see, this is like stream of consciousness. Here I go with the releases. Tying that in, there are many selectable difficulties. But the catch to that is, see, everything's linking together. You got all kinds of difficulties, normal, hard, like ultra, legendary. I think there are maybe five difficulty levels. 
but those tie into how many of the stages you can unlock and play. Like if you play on just normal difficulty, on the easiest difficulty there is, I think you can only play through a handful of the, I believe, seven stages that there are now. And as you increase the difficulty, you unlock more stages and more of the story. So if you want to beat the game truly and see the credits, you do have to play through on legendary difficulty but if you start on normal, you play through those three stages, you start getting your skills up, you start getting that gold, you start upgrading your ships, you start unlocking new ships with new special attacks and everything, I think you'll work your way up to it. I think it's a really cool and interesting way of doing things. Like a lot of shoot 'em ups you can put it on easy and just blast through it and like, oh, look, I beat the game. Like uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1 Wing Diver the Shooter that I was playing last year or the year before. You can put it on easy and just beat it inside of like 30 minutes and okay there you beat the game i like that they do this with jamestown plus and that you can't just blow through it but if you do want to go all the way through it and see the story and say that you actually beat the game you have to get better at the game and it incentivizes you to play it more and you know master those stages because you're getting the gold each time you play through a stage you earn more gold to upgrade your ship or to get new ships or to get all this other stuff now speaking of stuff to get Oh boy, it's Jamestown Plus. It's it's come out eight years after the original version. It's got some new stuff thrown in. Look at the Armada ships. They got all kinds of cool new abilities and secondary attacks. Really kind of freshen up the game. If you are a Jamestown veteran and you haven't played it since the, the last Plus update, definitely get in on this. You'll have some more fun ways to play Jamestown. I believe from the base game, there were also two additional DLC stages. Those are included here in Jamestown Plus as well. Also included in Jamestown Plus, and I, I'm not sure if it was in the original, it may have been, there's a four-player co-op mode. So if you want to get around, maybe you are awful at shooters, but your buddy's good. Or maybe you're both awful and you just want to get through a shoot 'em up game and have a great time, you can basically party up. Because I think what the gimmick is for this four-player co-op is, as long as one of the players is still alive by certain points in the stage, or maybe by the end of the stage, then he can respawn all the other ones or all the other players can join back in after that certain point so you can have a good player carry you through a little bit or you can just have an easier time where you know bobby takes left half of the screen and billy takes the right and off we're going we're jamestown plus and having a great time shooting a lot of stuff shooting gorgeous stuff listening to amazing music dude if if you don't like shoot 'em ups and you refuse to get this and you're never going to play it at least go and listen to some of that music it is gosh darn amazing but if you are interested get jamestown plus now it's available for your nintendo switch it's also available for the playstation 4 from a few years ago it's also available on pc osx linux i think it's like all over the place get get just get jamestown to play it i got it i want to play it right now see ya imposter's topic of the day to get back in the groove, to get back in the rhythm, it's a brand new year in IG2G land. It's a brand new, wonderful time for us to have a discussion on mm-hmm. what in the world could developers do this year that could maybe change the rhythm we have, the pace we have in gaming. Like, what inventive new ideas could they bring to gaming possibly this year? Or something from the past to bring back to kind of spruce up what we've got going for us. You know, we've all fallen into a groove. And I, I, I'm hoping to see some, maybe some new light or some, or some past light that could do to be brought back into the prime here in 2020. Was it 2020? 
It's twenty. Okay, I, I was thinking nineteen twenty for a second. I, said, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I am. I don't know. You, you don't understand what quarter is. Well, if we're in nineteen twenty, I got to deep reach into deeper past than this. Just like playing cards and stratego, maybe I don't know. Oh Lord have mercy! So yes, I, I thought it'd be a fun, easy topic to get back into the spirit of the new year. So uh-huh. with that being said, man, I'll lead it over to you. What you got? Well, I got to say, you said like fresh new things people can bring in. And I went, I don't know fresh new things. But then you said things from the past. And I went, that's what I know. I know things that I remember that I loved from back in the day. And one thing that stood out for me is something we, I mean, everyone's talked about for a while and it's never coming back, but I want, I want it to come back and speci- I'll, I'll go into a little bit more why, but stuff like manuals. I want manuals to make a comeback slash physical goods related to games and gaming because great example i was just thinking of you and i loved control Uh but once you beat control what can you do with the control world how can you interact with it you can watch somebody's video on it and you can play the game and that's it like if you're sitting at the dentist's office you can't interact with control in any kind of way Uh like if you had the manual you could take it and like flip through and it had like you know some little lore bits in it or if they released like the art of control or the world of control the books like i have a couple of the witcher books the world of the witcher i haven't played witcher in a long time but i sat down i read it and i was like man i'm back in the world i'm remembering the good times i had but most games hey it's the game and that's it the only way you can interact with that world is by someone else doing a video about it and talking about it Mm -hmm. versus you yourself, like putting yourself back into it in that mindset. So I want more stuff like not specifically in the games, but around the games ways you can feel like the game is with you when you're not just playing it. Well, I can tell you, I used to do that all the time back in the day when I worked at Wally world, I was Mm. getting big and you know, world of Warcraft was new back then, brand new, just come out and I was getting big into it, going nuts, trying to figure out what this whole MMO thing was all about. What's going on? Yeah. I bought the Brady games or whatever the ones there, the big old, you know, dungeon edition mm-hmm. guides, the, the raid edition guides, the blah, blah, blah. And I would sit there on my breaks, pouring over that book, just reading every piece, looking at every picture, thinking about everything mm-hmm. it told me that I needed to know about the different specs, different classes. Like you said, I was immersed in World of Warcraft. Even though I wasn't at a computer to play it myself or in front of some kind of screen, TV, etc. Because this is also yeah. back in the days before phones could do what they do. So you back then, back then, boys and girls, these phones, they didn't have screens. They didn't have uh-huh. things on them that you could just pokey poke on and do anything you wanted to with. No, that wasn't around. So it was these beautiful books. That allowed you Mm -hmm. to check all the things you wanted and see all the things you wanted while you weren't there gaming. And it was wonderful. God, it was beautiful. Yeah, so that that was one for me. What about you, Eric? Well, I was debating whether to go with a big one or a smaller one. So I'll go with the small one first. I want two types of games brought back, two genres. And I want it to be the two I want brought back. I've mentioned this before. Is the 2D side-scrolling action games. I don't understand yeah. why, you know, and don't, and there's tons of, tons of, the, the, tons of them being made, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're all retro. I want yeah. 2D side scrolling action games with the art and the buff and the beautiful everything that can be brought with the graphical power, all the good stuff to now. I want a 2D mm-hmm. game that is so beautiful. Think, uh, Miramasa and, um, 
the, oh, the yeah, other yeah. ones. Like those, but even better. You know, bringing everything to the table. Like uh, Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown, like yes. Those are mm-hmm. gorgeous. The artwork is just phenomenal. Imagine if you took a triple-A team, said that we want it to be as beautiful as possible, have the backgrounds and whatnot as interactive and neat as possible, the music is fantastic, mm-hmm. and then come up with some awesome storyline. Even doing all of that, it couldn't be any more expensive than any other triple-A game. Yeah. And it would be something well, that hasn't been around forever. Say or stuff that popped into my head is a lot of games that are 3D but then have 2D segments like uh, El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron from the 360 era, or Nier Automata uh-huh. had awesome 2D segments, but they were you know they were all polygonal. They still had all the hot graphics, the great music. They still played as amazingly as the 3D segments, but it just shifted to 2D for that section, and it was amazing, and I loved it because it just it feels. You know, as a retro gamer, it just feels right. It's mm-hmm. 2D. It's, it's the hottest, man. It is. It's wonderful. And you see it all, all over the place right now, but it's all like, you know, 16-bit, 32-bit at best, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like what Nier Automata did, have it 3D or whatever you want to call it, you know, so the backgrounds mm-hmm. are interacting with the foreground and everything's happening, and you can see the depth and, and all that going on, but you're just mm-hmm. running like you would in any typical side-scroller game. Yeah. That would be amazing. I don't get why it's not happening. I don't understand. There's got to be a metric I don't see where the money's not there or the audience isn't there. Something. Because otherwise it would exist, I would I would think. I mean, there's the, like you said, there's got to be something. Because I was just, just going to say, before you got into that, well, as long as you make the story really good and the action in the 2D plane really good, why wouldn't people love it? Well, there's got to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm, you know, I don't know. Just like I'm sure in movies, you know, stakes have to be this high for us to care about this movie. Well, maybe that's, you have to have a big open world in some sense, even if it's, you know, just a level or a town or something. Mm -hmm. You can't just go back and forth and up and down. That I can't do that anymore. That is not acceptable. And only this range of players will actually be interested in or play it. And then the money it takes to make, you know what I mean? I don't know. There's got to be a reason, but I would love to see some developers maybe just give it a shot anyway and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Because just because the money crunchers and number munchers will tell you it ain't going to work, that isn't always the truth. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. word of mouth once something comes out and it's actually really good, flares up and goes ape crap, and then next thing you know, you got yeah. people buying this thing left and right. It's a it's a gem, a darling, whatever you want to call it, and it does really well. And then it could be the mm-hmm. whole breakout game for that genre to come back, and then everyone starts yeah. copycatting it, and now we've got a big movement, and when I get to have all these wonderful 2D games again, right? Yes. That would be awesome. That would be great. I like it. Oh, man. And then the second one, real quickly, and once again, I've said this one as well before, but I'm bringing it up again because if you keep saying it, it'll happen. Shadowgate, uninvited. These games. Mm-hmm. Where'd they go? I want them back. I want them back, Matt. Where did they go? I love looking at a screen and a room, and, and it just lets you figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's put the secrets in there. It's put the ideas there. It's put the hints and the tricks and everything there. And you know what you got to do, which is get out of the house, get out of the mansion, figure out where the demon is and kill him to save the castle. You know, you know the mission, and then it leaves it up to you to traverse this place, figure out the mysteries, find your way to the next room. Doesn't tell you anything. 
just puts it all in the game for you to figure out. That's using your brain right there. It's beautiful. And with today's, once again, with today's graphics, sound, mm. all that stuff, these these pictures they give you could be just beyond gorgeous. I mean, you could be looking at this uh, an image that's so beautifully well done, it blow your mind. And then this mm. interaction with it could be so more, so much more than it is. And I don't even have a frame of reference for this because they've never brought this this genre or whatever you want to call it back. So yeah. I, I I think about it in my head, but all I can see in my head is old school with the little arrow and click and use item da 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 da. da. But obviously, mm. someone way smarter than me or way bigger imagination could come up with a new way to interact or whatever that would be in you know in, intuitive and and wonderful beyond just the standard old school style of doing it. But even then, I'd still love it. I was gonna say all the stuff I'm thinking of is either like traditional point and click adventure games, but you have the character on the screen, and the only thing like first person like here's the way to do it and there's puzzles involved it's all like really strictly story-based stuff like a visual novel like danganronpa or Mm -hmm. something those have tons of puzzles and things you got to figure out on your own but the story it's It's you follow a story it's not just like here you're a character with amnesia in this house and go Mm -hmm. and figure it out and Put these two together. Yeah, get out and of this while you're thing. looking in the the border room, you see a book with a hollow hole that's in octagon shape, and then you're mm. like, "I got to remember that." And then, literally, 20 hours later, you find a gem in an octagonal shape sitting over mm. here by the well, and you're like, "Hey, wait a minute! 20 hours ago, in that one room, there was that 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 book. How do I get back to that room? I got to go downstairs to the left. Da, da, da. Boop, boop, boop. All of a sudden, new passage opens up. Oh, now I got a rope." Oh, that rope's going to allow mm-hmm. me to get in the well and go down the well. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, man. The beautiful old days. I want that to come back. That's what I want. And speaking of things we want to come back, I got a genre that I want to come back. And it's the, the I don't know how to say it, but the, the pure version of like the tactical RPG. A Final Fantasy Tactics, a Tactics Ogre, a Disgaea, just that that style of game because i think in the well i I said a lot of the big players there but in those mid to late 90s those early 2000s i feel like tactical rpgs were everywhere like all over the place all those big names i just Uh you know you go on wikipedia under tactical rpgs the 90s and 2000s it's blowing up with lists of them it gets to 2010 it listed three and then after that, it goes, well, genre blend-ups. It's like, well, Valkyria Chronicles is kind of... No, but it's not on a grid, and you move by squares, and you deck out your characters with their equipment and their gear, uh-huh. or they have their job classes or stuff. Gosh, I want... And, you know, there's there's other stuff that's that's tactical and RPG-like, but it's not it's not a pure tactical RPG. It's blended with this. It's blended with that. I want to move people on a grid those little blocky hexes like like i said man final fantasy tactics style because vandal hearts all those other games around that era there were so many of them and now i think one company does it and it's nipponichi software and they just make disgaea and disgaea is like for the super deep weirdo nerds Mm -hmm. who love that stuff yeah going down into your items and max rolling your characters and all that stuff I just want a good story-driven tactical RPG. Well, I don't want just one. I want lots of I want, them. Yeah, I was going to say, I want a bunch studios. of series all over the place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why a Final Fantasy Tactics hasn't been done again, I, yeah. it boggles my mind. I mean, they keep on making all these other little weird RPGs, and they got that side company now that's doing all the you know Bravely Defaults and things like that. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I think Main One does that, but... Um, 
I'm trying to think of the side one that does the weird ones. Uh, I'm blanking right now. I'm just totally blanking uh, on the names of them. You know what I'm I talking about. Everybody it. listening, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about. I could pull it up, but whatever. That's not the point. They could mm. focus on one of those types of games, a tactics-type game, since they don't mm. apparently want to you know, put Square themselves under doing something little like that because they're like, oh, we got to think of the next Final Fantasy or whatever. And I almost wonder if it's like a 2D versus 3D scenario like we were talking about before. Like, well, if just blocks and moving units around, well, you could do that as a free roam, big giant thing. I feel like it's all blown up or meshed with so many other genres, but I just want that old school style back. Uh And I'm sure, you know, some, maybe some indie developers do. Like when I look at Into the Breach, that's what it reminds me of. Which I played last night. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> I, I I have it from the Epic Game Store. I was I was kept meaning to get into it, but it's one of those you know it's one of those game times, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loaded that up last night, and it it's funny you, you brought this up because as soon as I started playing, it, I was like, man, I just need I need a good tactical RPG. That would be amazing. And mm-hmm. I know like XCOM and stuffs out there, and they're they're pretty good, but I want just that really old school fantasy type yep. tactical RPG. Where you're on them beautiful vistas with you know lush trees, and you got oh you can't go jump up to the hill, you got to go around, and the archers up on the top, and you got to figure out who. Mm-hmm. Just a simple, fun, old school. And and I, I I would be remiss if I didn't say it. Front Mission Three, best tactical RPG ever. Futuristic giant mechs, build your giant mech just like you would gi- build your human. True. You get your skills for the pilots. Oh my God, the greatest. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting a name, but that was the one I had to say in there. Yeah, it's like, if I forget from this, I'll regret this later. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and break away from things of the past to come back. I do have one thing that I I feel could be really improved upon in the future, and hopefully maybe this year we'll see some of that. Doubtful, because I haven't seen anything yet, but we'll see. I feel that in general, the imaginations aren't there when it comes to gaming. There's a lot of cool games, a lot of neat ideas coming out, but we stick within what we know as people or humans. Like, every game's got gravity. Every game's humanoid or humans on a planet that has oxygen. And, you know, there's all these set rules in almost every game. It's always the same. Mm -hmm. It's what we know. It's what. And I'm like, you know, look at Tad Williams' other world. Look at uh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft and some of the stuff he does and where they go. They go to fantastical places that are make no sense, that completely just defy everything we understand as real. Why don't we make games that do that? Why can't we branch off and make a game where I'm some kind of strange breed of fish people in some helium-based planet full of weird, exotic things I've never seen and have an actual story involved in it? Because guess what? You can make alien races that are intelligent. They don't always have to be just weird-ass monsters that we got to kill, fight, eat, whatever. I don't, I don't see why we don't do that. We are always in the same constructs when it comes to gaming and, and what we expect out of it. And it just... It, it makes me wonder why the hell we don't do anything else with it. Because even like No Man's Sky goes to different weird planets, but you're still just a human in a little ship. You know, going, oh, look at this weird funky alien. Pew, 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 setting up a base. Duh, 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 duh. What? Why, Matt? Why? Huh? I, I feel like this is less to do with gaming and more to do with like the general population. Because if you want to sell, well, I guess it does have to do with the gaming industry. If you want to sell quarters. a big old game, <laughs> dumb people got to understand it. 
dumb people understand i'm i'm a shooter man I, i'm i'm a war fighter i run and i do the shoots they're not gonna understand i'm this mystical thing and to communicate with you know it's it's game about communication you got to reach across and build links with your little wavy you know arms and shoot your magical powder everywhere they're not gonna get that <laughs> they're gonna go what's this some kind of cartoon game for a baby where's the shooting where's the shooting i won't be shoot man where's the gravity at what's going on <laughs> You know, I'm reading, I'm reading uh, Brandon said, Sanderson right now, and like he's got some characters in it that are Spren, and they're like the they're basically kind of like wisps or whatever fairies mm-hmm. type things, but they're basically they're not real. They're only real because the the people have made them real. They've given them power, so it's like this really cool. They have power because of the people, but since they do have the power, they're able to give it and spread it, and they have their own society mm-hmm. and everything else. It's it's really funky and weird. And it's neat how he came up with this whole random, you know, race here, all by itself, all unique. Mm-hmm. Doesn't they don't live by any of the rules, laws that we do, like gravity or time? All those constructs mm-hmm. that we've put together are relevant to them, and then yeah. that's why I started to think about that. I'm like, you know, we don't games don't do any of that. Games are always the same five, ten things that we always do. And I just got done saying I want a cool old school tactical RPG where I'm just in a fantasy realm. So I'm guilty of it too, don't get me wrong. Uh But I would love to see others, some developers somewhere, branch out and give us something crazy unique. Something just off the wall. I would like to see somebody big do that. Because I guarantee you can find a lot of that stuff like in the indie space. But I feel like to be big, you have to appeal to the masses and imaginative, cool, you know, beings that don't even exist in any kind of function, function or form that we could even imagine. That sounds awesome and intellectually appealing to me. But to Joe Bob Biddy on the street who got a PlayStation Five to play some Call of Duty, mm-hmm. he's not going to pick that up. Well, even a mild, even a mild departure like Devolver Digital did with the one with the blob, you're the monster goop. Yeah, yeah. Even that's pretty cool. Even that's kind of mm-hmm. thinking outside of the box. Instead of your typical soldier running around the guns, upgrading the guns, upgrading your, your flak jackets. Instead, now mm-hmm. you're the bad guy. You're this gloopy yeah, yeah. monster who just defies gravity almost, glopping and glooping all over the place mm-hmm. and eating people. That's pretty yeah. neat. You know, Ape Owl, while it still yeah. goes by all the same rules, instead of just shooting your gun, you're pushing things out. You're doing all sorts of weird, unnatural things to that's make to get through it. That kind of thing, it's there, and you're right. You know, third party, you know, these indie type games, they're they're doing mm-hmm. some of it, but even they're not going full on crazy. And like mm-hmm. you said, I just want to see it come out. I want to see, like you said, a AAA company come out with some crazy cool. It could be an RPG adventure game, doesn't matter. You just mm-hmm. have to change what we think of as normal. Like uh, think God. Well, you didn't play God of War when no. you go to the you meet the witch for the first time or whatever her name is, Freya. Her house and home are in this beautiful vista with these flowers of unnaturally crazy, beautiful colors. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's immediately alien, but wonderful, beautiful, that kind of feeling. Yeah. We don't even do that very often in games, which drives me crazy. I'm like, just changing the color of things to being something you wouldn't expect. You know, mm-hmm. you're expecting your rose to be red, and instead of it's a blue with black gyro, you know, little gyroscopes going through it or something. It immediately mm-hmm. catches your eye, and immediately you're like, "Wow, whoa, that's that's weird, neat, wow!" You know, instead of just, "Oh, there's Rose." You talk about like annihilation. They went into that dome thing, mm-hmm. and everything's just weird. Yes. Things are combined with each other in unnatural exactly. ways. Exactly. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. And it was freaky and beautiful and weird and wonderful all mm. into one. And it and kept like your dangerous attention. but gorgeous at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Something like that. That's what I want to see. I want to see him change up what we expect and do something a little bit different, a little bit sideways in gaming. Just break mm. out of the typical bubble of, you know, medieval stuff or, you know, run and gun shooter, soldier, World War Two, you know, whatever. All the things we do mm. all the time over and over and over again to great success. Yeah, I'm down with that. I like weird stuff. Give me the weirds. <laughs> so with that, Matt, did you have any others? I had one more, but I'm not really sure how to phrase it, because this could be something going forward, but it is also something from the past. And I was thinking about those old FMV games where you had like, the cheesy acting because it was like somebody's cousin or whatever. But nowadays, you see so many Hollywood people like with the weird... like their face is in the game so it's them but it's not them and their acting's there but it's not really there Mm -hmm. why don't they branch into more fmv games because you've had big successes with her story and telling lies recently where it was you know all the acting was praised in both of those you could do fmv sequences in modern games whether you know maybe it's just you know martin sheen is the president on the tv screens in the background or something but i would like to see more live action like film actors, TV actors as part of the game, whether it's, you know, an adventure game and they're, you know, the the FMV is your character moving around or interacting like the Tex Murphy games, mm-hmm. because I know they just did one of those, I think it was five or so years ago now, maybe six, but I was just watching some footage of that and I was like, man, I miss this kind of stuff. I miss acting, like, because acting in the games is acting, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like acting. It's different. Because their face isn't, it's there, but it's not them. It's not them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. And and I just had an idea. Think of this, Matt. Think of PlayStation VR and think of a live version of Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, my God. You have the headset on and you're over here in the classroom talking to these girls, doing this stuff, going on the dates, and them asking you weird questions and you answering them and then things start happening. And Mm. imagine the, the flashes and the strange and the... I would freak out. I would it would lose my mind being with real people on this VR headset in this strange total it ties into what I just was talking about. Totally unnatural, mm. weird stuff happening. In a world where I'm looking, me, I'm looking at it. It feels like they're there with me, but everything's wrong and not right. <laughs> I was gonna say, or you could do especially if we're talking VR, that opens it up to so many possibilities. You could have a hardcore Henry situation. Oh, yeah. You could, that could be literally you in the game, and the FMV is happening to you. Maybe, you know, your view is restricted because you're, like, tied to a chair or whatever. But you could have that that visceral feeling of it happening to you because it's literally, like, two inches in front of your mm-hmm. eyeballs. You could set up an easy VR thing, like, oh, this psychopath Johnny he finally caught you threw you on a roller coaster positioned a bunch of his people on top of there to see if they could take you out but what he didn't know Mm -hmm. is while he was telling you his dumb little setup you'd pilfered a gun from him or something and now all of a sudden he shoots you off on this coaster and you're you know on rails just going through in VR and in real life you know FMV crap going on they're freaking trying to slash you and knife you while you're flying and you gotta move pow pow shotgun move and when they're dropping their weapons on you you can grab them and upgrade while on the Mm -hmm. move in this on rails game quick and easy but replayable because you never know what's gonna happen they can change you know you could have it procedurally generated to where Mm -hmm. the, the coaster goes a different route and different enemies are at different spots you know that kind of thing 
Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Ah, oh, that'd be so good. There's, there's just so much. I don't know. There's something different about seeing a real person really act and really do the thing. Because facial capture and motion capture is amazing as it is, but it's just not. It's just this much away mm-hmm. from having a real, like, spot on, absolute. That's a human, and the emotions that they're having, I can feel because that's what it looks like. That's how it feels right there. And they've already got the tech to where they look, take a video of you, the actual you. Mm-hmm. So. You could make it so, like, and here's another example. Here's my last one. I'll tie it into this one to shorten it up just a tad. Was uh, board games. Everyone loves board games. Board games are getting bigger and bigger, these big-time ones. They've done, like, all the old-school little ones. But, for example, our buddy wants us to come play some really in-depth crazy games with him at his house. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't got time for that because I got a bunch of scrap going on, so I can't go. But if we could put on VR headsets or even consoles, but I'll keep it VR since mm-hmm. we're on the subject, and... Yeah. Each of us already had to give the the VR console an image of us. It could render us as we are. So my face, like I'm looking at you in Discord right now, and mm-hmm. we could be 3D'd into the game. It puts the board table right down there in front of us. The speakers are right here. I'm sitting here in mm-hmm. my chair at home, comfortable with my beer, my drink, and I'm still looking at you and at my buddy, and we're playing the games we were going to play anyway in yeah. 3D in a 3D VR realm or whatever. That that's God, that's the dream right there. <laughs> that would be amazing. I love playing I love playing the games, but like you said, going out sometimes is not feasible, you're busy. That and that'd be perfect because I could imagine that those would be like, Hey, you get the base bundle and then for ten bucks you get the four player bundle. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just share the keys with your friends. Now now James is the only one who has to buy the board games, but we all just get to put on our headset, put join our headset on and then and the the software just runs it all. Oh, you're rolling. Well, boop de boop. Because yep. I was I was thinking when you were saying it, I was like, well, I think there are a couple games that you can play, or you could play with the, like the iToy back on PS2, where it would look at the board mm-hmm. and you would play across with with each other. I think for card games. But if you don't even have to have the physical thing there, it's just rendered for you right there. Boom. That's it's just as good. So yeah, you could have the things like oh, when you pull up the cards, you lift your little hand things or the hand units and then you can just boop, 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 select what you want to play or roll the dice. God, it'd be so good. You could totally do it. Even if you got like the, what you got, minority port gloves, it'd be mm-hmm. even better. Just Well, you don't even need that. The PSVR has got the camera that's sitting on there and it's video, it's taking a video of oh, you. Oh, it would just So you would just sit hands. here like this, it would see your hands, so it would produce the cards in the VR world in your hands, you just hold them up. So, boom, you're looking at your cards. When you go like this, it would shelf the cards. And then when it's your mm. turn, dice would appear in your hands. You'd shake, and then it would throw the dice down for you. I was going to say, and for, for like playing cards, you'd go like this to play it, like this way to discard it, mm-hmm. something like that. Forward God, or good. back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's doable. Awesome. It's already doable. But no one's done it yet, at least that I know mm. of to any large extent. And this would be yeah. a huge moneymaker for all these board game companies who are always struggling to get in the market and stay there. Because, you know, mm. b- while board gaming is getting bigger and it's still in, like a nice niche, it's not mainstream by any means. So mm. this could help it get there. And then it's perfect for board game players. Hey, James is is by himself or he's got one other buddy there with him. Oh, but I really want to play this four-player game. All right, boop, search for multiplayer matches. Boom, found two people. Two people. They're in the game. Hey, guy. We're playing. All right, cool, man. I want to be the dragon. Sweet. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Then you got table talk going because everybody's got their headsets on. Yep. Oh, man. Whew. What a world it could be, Matt. What a world. So there we go. We've tied in a few things old, some things new, some things in between. What do all you want to see this year in 2019? Yeah! 2019, everybody! That was 1920, 2020, 2019. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what do you guys want to see in 2020? Anything out there really get you going, get your, get your grease, get your whatevers? Huh? I don't know. What are those sayings kids use? It's impossible. Impossible, Matt. No, Eric, I'm just going to wrap up the show. I don't even care. Imposters wrap up. So as Eric said, if you guys got any feedback for us, any ideas that you want to see in 2020, things for the past, things for the future, or if you just want to say, hey, you guys are awesome and we love you very much, please send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me, tweet it at us at thirdshift.me, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed you can find us over there. You can also find us at Patreon. We treat it just like a little old tip jar. You like what you hear. You like what we're up to. You want to say, hey, we want you guys to stick around. Consider heading over there, throwing a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, or the coveted one million dollars our way. In which case, we'll open that food line, do all sorts of crazy stuff. You guys know the drill, like babies in jars, patented cold cocks, all that good stuff brought to you. Consider it. If you cannot throw us a buck or any of those other things, that's fine. You can support us in all the other ways, like Facebooks, like Twitters, like messages, like mailbag questions, any of those things, comments. Thumbs ups, all the stuff. It makes us motivated. It makes us go, wowee, somebody likes us. That's amazing. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> and then we do more things. But we're going to do more things regardless because we're self-motivated. Ha! So there you have it. That's right. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your rear holes on the 21st of January for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, because I am going to say it right this time, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, comment, and subscription. Any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it, and I feel good. I said it right for the first time this Ooh. decade. Mm. I'm back on I'm back on the right track. Back on them rails. Chicka, 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 chicka. And while you're on them rails, throw us a five-star rating over at iTunes, because we really do appreciate it. It keeps us going, keeps everybody, all the metrics high, all the right things happening for us. So consider it. Don't give us one-star reviews, because if you do, nothing will probably happen to you. But hey, who knows? Karma comes around. That's right. Karma comes around eventually. It gets you. It does. It gets you. Whether you like it or not, or it's forced or not, it'll get you. <laughs> and since you know karma's coming around the corner, there's one thing you gotta do. And that's don't, don't forget, forget to, to save. save.